Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. Well, this morning, I am super excited about this series that we are launching today. In fact, I've probably talked about this to numerous people throughout the week and actually throughout our community. I've been sharing with individuals because I believe that this series is probably one of the most, if not the most important series that we've ever gone through as a church. Why? Why is this? Because we're going to do a series for six months. I, I don't know that I've done a series quite that long before. Normally a series is six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, 13 weeks, somewhere around there. And we had planned originally for this series to be about 13 weeks long. But as I began to dive into it, began to work out all the details, I realized there was so much information that needed to be shared, so much that you and I can learn about this topic. We're going to do a study for the next six months from birth all the way through adulthood, processing through some of the basic Bible stories that many of you have heard as a child. But here's what I've discovered. Statistics tell us that 55% of Americans hold to what is known as a high view of Scripture. In other words, they deem that Scripture, the Bible, the Word of God, is without error. But here's the problem with that statistic. We may believe that it's without error, but as a church of America, not just Encounter Church, but the Big C Church, the church across the globe here, I believe that the church in America is biblically illiterate. Come on. There was a day and a time, and I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad or to guilt anybody, but I'm simply saying there was a day and a time when you could say, hey, you all know the story of fill in the blank, and everybody in the room would say, yeah, and we would all tell the story because we learned it in Sunday school. We pulled out the flannel graph. We had all those little flannel graph figures, and we put it across there every single week, and we loved, and we waited for the flannel graph moment. I tried really hard to get a flannel graph here. I've got one, but I just haven't been able to get my hands on it yet, but we're going to do a flannel graph processing in this series. How many of you remember the old flannel graph? Yeah, about half of you. Some of you are like, I have no clue. Man, if you don't know what a flannel graph is, you, you, you just missed it as a child. I'm just saying. There's something about those figures, those felt figures that go on that felt board and it brings a story alive for us. Now, we could sit here today and we could go over a myriad of reasons of why the church in America is biblically illiterate. And truth be told, I have my opinion on why that is the case. But that's not what I want to debate today. What I would rather do is process through and tackle the issue. So for the next six months... We, as a church, birth through adults, are going to process through many of those Old Testament stories. But I want you to discover that they're truly more than a story. Oh, they're great stories. They're exciting stories. You want drama? Go to the Old Testament. I'm telling you, page after page after page of drama. I'll tell you what, the TV shows today have got nothing on the Word of God. 
But what I want us to learn over the next six months is that even though they're good stories, they're applicable to our lives today. There's something that you and I can learn from from each one of these stories. There's something you can learn from Daniel in the lion's den. There's something you can learn from Queen Esther. There's something you can learn from David and Goliath, from Jacob and Esau. There's something you can learn from Abraham and Isaac. We're going to process through all of these stories over the next six months, but today I want to begin at probably the best place to begin. I want to start in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Now today there may be moments when it's a little a luxury and not as much preachy, but I really believe that if you'll stay tuned with me, if you'll buckle in tight and take really good notes, then you'll discover by the end of this message there is so much more to this verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But here's the problem. Many times we, we read this scripture and we kind of skirt through in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth because we know that's the case. We kind of overlook he created the birds in the air and the fish in the sea. He separated the land from the water. He separated the sky from the dark. All of these things. He did all of these miracles time and time again. But we skip over that because we already know the story. So as we approach this series more than a story, I want you to listen to each one of these as if you've never heard them before. Now, some of you, you're like, that's not hard, because I don't know them. Others of you in the room, you've heard the story, and quite honestly, you could probably tell it better than I can. But would you do me a favor? Would you, just for a moment, each week as you come in, would you forget what you know on the story? And would you let God bring it to life and bring some relevance to you on what we're learning from these Old Testament stories. So today, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. Would you say that with me? In the beginning, God. Come on, say it with conviction. In the beginning, God. God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, from nothingness to suddenly the establishment of order and existence. The writer of the book of Genesis uses the phrase in the beginning to almost illustrate or draw attention to the fact that all things had a beginning. Now, grasp this. God is the only one, the only thing, the only anything that has truly existed in and through all time. Verse 1 says, in the beginning God. If you're watching online today, would you put that in the chat? In the beginning, God. It's vitally important that we grab a hold of the fact that in the beginning, God, that God existed, pre-existed all things and is there in and through all creation. So let's take a look today at the first three verses 
of the beginning of God's Word. This section of Scripture, it's well known, yet oftentimes, as I stated moments ago, we quickly pass by it. We really don't give it much attention. Yeah, the creation of the birds and the fish and the land and the seas and the animals and the plants and even people, this is all exciting stuff. And I wish I had the time to go day by day on day one, he created, on day two, he created, on day three, he created. I wish I had the time to process through that, but I just don't have time. So I challenge you, go back and read Genesis chapter one and two this week. Allow God to speak into your life what you need to hear from the story of creation. In fact, today, we're only going to get through verses 1 through 3. It's as far as we're going to get. So here's what it says, Genesis 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Say formless and empty. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God, now hold on to that, we're going to explain what the Spirit of God is in just a moment, was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. Four vitally important words that changed everything over the course of time for you and me god spoke into existence with four words let there be light and there was light so i want to answer three questions today the first question is this what role did god play in creation now, growing up in school, no doubt you've heard evolution. You've heard that side of things, that we all came from a, a little fish or monkeys or something or explosion of something. All these things come up. But I want you to know exactly what happened in creation. What role did God play? Well, the first thing that we must establish is that God was not created. Remember, I said it a moment ago. God pre-existed and has existed in and through all time. He, is neither, he neither has a beginning nor an end. He needs nothing, yet he created everything. Psalm chapter 90 verse 2 says it this way, Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from the beginning to end, you are God. Before anything was formed, before the fish began to swim in the sea, before the animals began to roam in the land, before the skies opened up and the sun began to shine, before anything was set in motion, even in the midst of utter darkness, even in the midst of non-existence, you are God. That's who you are. He's all-sufficient. He's all-knowing. God is all-powerful. He's present everywhere, and from, from beginning to end, there he is. So knowing that of God, what role did he play in the creation of the universe? What role did he play in the creation of all things? Well, 32 times in this chapter alone, God is called Elohim. 
Now, why am I telling you this? Interestingly enough, this word Elohim is a Hebrew word that emphasizes the majesty and power of God. And to go a little further, it's a, a plural noun that is constantly used in connection with singular verbs and adjectives. Now, some of you are like, I have no clue what you just said. Let me say it again a little slower. Elohim is a plural noun, multiple, right? Multiple, that is consistently used in connection with singular one verbs or adjectives. Why is this important for us to grasp? It's important to the fact that God exists three in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, let me recap and help us to grab exactly what we're talking about. Several months ago, I gave you a breakdown, a definition of the word Trinity. Trinity is one God who eternally exists as three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are each fully and equally God, three in one. Now, the Trinity is first revealed in the Bible, in the story of creation, and oftentimes we don't think of all that God is being a part of all of creation, but it tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 2, it says the Holy Spirit was there as well, hovering over the midst of darkness. Now, if we turn to the book of John, chapter 1, it tells us that Jesus was present. And we're going to talk about that scripture in just a few moments. Again, why am I bringing this up? Because God, in all that he is, was present and active in creation. In the beginning, God. The ever-present, all-powerful, all-sufficient one stepped on the scene and made something out of nothingness. It's amazing. God did what nothing else could do. Look at this. He created. He didn't reconstruct or pull together things that already existed but in the beginning, out of nothing, God created everything. And it's interesting here for us to grasp today that even infinite nothingness had to submit to the plan of God. Come on, wrap yourself around that. Even infinite nothingness had to submit to the plan of God. So three roles of God in creation. Number one, God the Father. What did God the Father do? He spoke everything into existence. God the Father spoke all creation into existence with four simple words. Over and over in the book of Genesis chapter 1, it says, Then God said, It is good. He created the animals. He created the fish. He separated land from the sea. And he said, It is good. Good. And then he created man, Adam and Eve, and he looked upon them and he said, it is very good. I've created them in my very own image. 
God spoke life into existence. He breathed life into you and into me. Now, the second is this. God the Son. All creation was through Him. All creation was through Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 says it this way. For by Jesus, all things were created. Grab a hold of this. By Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. All things were created through him and for him. Now, if we turn to John chapter 1, I mentioned it a moment ago, we find further proof that Jesus was present. See, oftentimes, we don't think that Jesus showed up on the scene until he's a baby in a manger. We think he's just been kind of sitting, hanging side, hanging to the side, hanging out, just kind of doing nothing for many, 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 many years, and then suddenly God goes, hey, I got something for you to do, and Jesus is like, about time. I need you to go to earth as a baby. No, 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 no. In the very beginning, in the midst of creation, Jesus was there. Look what it says in John chapter 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. Now, when we use the word word, we're actually referring to Jesus. So in the beginning, Jesus already existed. The word Jesus was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He, God created everything through him, created everything through Jesus, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Hold on to that. We're going to process through this idea of light in just a moment. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it come on that's good news right there nothing can extinguish the light of god nothing can extinguish jesus the light of the world in the beginning god created and jesus was there it says the light shines in the darkness and we'll talk about that in just a moment number three God, the Holy Spirit, he, the Holy Spirit, took special interest in creation. The earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, if we look at this word hovering, our first thought is he would just kind of floating around, just kind of looking at things, just kind of watching what's going on. But really, it's a little bit deeper than that. According to Deuteronomy chapter 32, um, the same word that is used for hovering here uh, conveys this idea of an eagle that stirs up the nest and hovers over its young. What an incredible picture this is. God preparing to bring life into existence the holy spirit was there in the beginning to bring order in the midst of chaos and nothingness yet the holy spirit continues to do that in your life and in my life today see all that god 
is took the time to create all that we are. With love, with compassion, with concern, with an eye for detail, the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the earth, preparing for that moment of existence. So let's look at our second question. We discovered what role Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God all had in creation. But our second question is this. What was the earth like prior to creation? Well, we read that at the very beginning of the Bible. It was dark. It was formless. There was no purpose. It was emptiness. A vast amount of emptiness. That's what we see transpiring before creation. Nothingness was all around. Verse 2, the very beginning, it says, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. A vast space or void was all around. But here's what I find amazing. God did, he did not look at this void of emptiness and say, what a waste. He didn't look at all of the the emptiness and the chaos and the nothingness, and say, there's no point to any of this. What did he do? He stepped in, and he made a change. What was once nothing became a beautiful story that reflected his greater will and his purpose. The cool thing is here. He could do this if we will allow in our lives today. Every one of us are here. The first pastor I ever worked for, in fact, he was my pastor growing up, he would always say that every person has a God-shaped void in our hearts that only he can fill. God desires to take that place of nothingness, that void of emptiness in your life and in my life today. He desires to reach in with love and compassion and care and concern and begin to create something beautiful inside of you. So in that moment of hopelessness, in that moment of darkness, in that formless state, the Holy Spirit was assessing the situation. The word hover, which we talked about a few moments ago, was not just floating above without a purpose, but a genuine love and a genuine concern that even before you were born, while all existence was still non-existent, the Holy Spirit moved in with emotion and concern for his creation. Same thing happens in our lives every day. The Holy Spirit is here. His desire is to aid you, to lead you, and to guide you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth if we will allow him to. This same Holy Spirit that was concerned about the void in the universe is concerned about the void in your life and my life today. But I love what happens next. God does something that has never been recorded before. You know what it is? He spoke. Never in the history had it ever been recorded that God would speak. But in this moment, in the book of Genesis, God said four simple words. Let there be light. 
So that brings us to our final question. Why is light so important? Well, before we can understand why light's important, it's vital that we take the time to discover exactly what darkness is. The word for darkness is found in verse 2, literally means obscurity, misery, destruction, death. It's the absence of light. Have you ever been in a room when it was pitch black? I'm not saying there was a crack of light. I'm not saying some light around the windows, but you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Picture that, but darker. There was an absence of all lights. But something happened that changed everything. God spoke. It was a game changer for existence. Then God said, let there be light. And what happened? The nothingness responded. And there was light. In the book Whisper by Mark Batterson, he shares this concept of light. And I want to challenge you to, to grab that book. It's called Whisper. It's here in the voice of God. And he processes through all of the details of light, that without light, there's no photosynthesis. Without photosynthesis, there's no food. Light is part of the process of energy. And all of these things put together create what we call life. All because God said, let there be light. God's power of creation continues today on a regular basis. There's power when God begins to speak. So why not allow him to move in your situation? Why not allow him to move amongst the darkness in your life, to bring you from darkness into light? There's power in the words of God. In fact, Mark goes on to say that the moment of conception, billions of zinc atoms are released, emitting light, even in the midst of birth today. It's as if, once again, God stands on the edge of heaven and says, let there be lights. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 says it this way, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So what does this all mean for us today? I mean, if this is truly more than a story, if it's truly more than just figuring out what happened in creation, what does it look like in our lives today? Well, first off, light changes Everything. We talked about that just a moment ago. Without light, we could not exist. In creation, light was the jump start. It was the power source of life. Life was a turning point from nothing to something. Everything changed when God uttered those four simple words in the beginning, let there be light. Let there be light. So what is the ultimate light? John chapter 8 says it this way. Jesus speaking, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. 
So again, how does light affect our lives today? Three truths as we wrap up this morning. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. He's the light of the world. And just as light was a turning point in creation, Jesus can be the turning point in your life. Maybe you're here today and you feel as if you're walking around in darkness. Maybe you feel like you're walking around in utter nothingness. Would you allow the light of God, Jesus, to come into your life today? Without Jesus, we are left in utter darkness. Ephesians 5 says it this way. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. If we have the solution, why would we choose to walk in opposition to the solution? We'll hold on to that. We'll talk about it in a second. Number two, we must make a decision to follow the light. This is a willful choice on your behalf and on my behalf to follow after Christ. Now understand this, things are naturally drawn to light. You turn on your light next to your front door and sooner than later, it will be bombarded with thousands of little insects spinning around everywhere trying to get to the light. Am I right? The Bible says in John chapter 12 that when Jesus is lifted up, all men, all people will be drawn to him. It's as if we're these small little insects trying to get to the light. When Jesus is lifted up, all men are drawn to him. Now, I hear what you're saying. Well, pastor, I know a lot of people that aren't drawn to Jesus. I don't know why suddenly you became a hick, but it's okay. Here's what I figured out. We have a free will. And even though that light shines so bright, the answer is so evident. For some reason or another, mankind is bent toward that old nature. That nature that has a desire to do what is in opposition to the things of God, to move away from this connection with the lights. They've chosen to embrace the void in their lives and attempt to fill that void with so many other things. It's kind of like, do you guys remember that little game that most of us had as a kid? It was that yellow ball that you open it up and it's got all the shapes in it. You guys, you remember that? Nobody else remembers that? Thank you. I've got one person. I'll just talk to you for a moment. It'll be okay. It's like when you were little and you were trying to put that shape in there, but it was kind of the oval shape and you had the star and you would just bang, 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 trying to put that star into the oval. And no matter how hard you tried, I remember I tried putting it in sideways. I tried flipping it around. I tried turning it. It never, I wasn't a very smart kid. But truth be told, a lot of us do that spiritually. We've got the light. He's been lifted up. Yet for some reason, we see that void in our lives and we grab all of these other shapes and we try and we 
try and we try and we try. But it just doesn't fit. Grab a hold of this. Jesus is the light of the world. And John 1, 5 says, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. So we've got to make this decision to follow after the light, the only thing that can conquer the darkness. So our third point is this, light overtakes darkness. That's great news. Some of you are in the room and you've been hanging out in the darkness for way too long. God says, would you would you just step into the light? Would you let me bring order to the nothingness? Would you let me speak into your life today? Again, the light shines in darkness, and darkness can never extinguish it. So here we have it. God's our light. Jesus. He's our hope. He's our reason for life. He's our reason for existence. God desires today in this moment to take you from the midst of hopelessness, hopelessness from this vast of emptiness and nothingness, and to give your life order. I would say to you this, don't run from it, but run to it. Today's your day. Now is your moment. The Bible says that that God desires that none will perish, but all would come to a place of repentance. That there's, he desires that all of us would come to that moment. And today is that opportune time. Oh, Pastor, not today, but maybe one day. I don't want to sound morbid, but one day may be too late. Because truth be told, one day never shows up. It's always another day, and another day, and another day. But for you, and for me, God did what he had never done before. He spoke life into existence, giving you a future, giving you existence, but he sent Jesus to be that light to conquer the darkness for you. Would you turn to him today? Let's bow our heads. Let's Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.